little ceremony ritual thing to release our technology. Now, there, there's a couple of ways you can go about it. Um, if most of you have had time, if you've decided to do it, to put your name on your phone or whatever you brought, your device. And, um, and so you can come, so in a moment after I kind of start it, start the ritual, you can come up and place the um, device in the basket here. If you want to bow, if you want to wave, bye. <laughs> um, if, and we'll ring a bell just to kind of symbolize that, that you're doing this. And um, some of you may, choo- may, have, may choose to partake in the ritual but not actually put it in there because for whatever reason you've decided you want to keep it in your room, but you can still do a symbolic offering of letting go of this device for the next four days. Um, so you can come up if you want. Of course, you're welcome to just stay in place and not come up at all and just kind of let go of it in your mind. Um, so those are those are basically the options. And right, you might not have come with one. Did anyone? Does anyone not have a phone? Wow, awesome! I want to be you one day. Um, so uh, so I just want to remind us the incredible kind of uh, just the power of these devices and the way that we are so much at the mercy of them that they control us we don't control them quite often and some of us have better relationships than others some of us are more like relaxed around it doesn't seem to be a big issue but for some of us it's like it's a pretty powerful force of attention And so when we come to this retreat, it's an opportunity to say no to all of that and to um, let go of this tremendous distraction for this period of time. And and, and in a way, it can kind of symbolize like letting go of all sorts of distractions. It doesn't have to actually just be tech, but all of the things that you're letting go of for these four days, like... um, you know, your work for this week or your responsibilities as a parent or a partner or a friend. Like, like it's just a letting go. So this is a letting go ceremony specifically around tech. So to begin our ceremony, I just want us to close our eyes for a moment and just um, notice what you're feeling inside. And as you contemplate giving up these devices, what happens inside your body? Maybe there's a sense of contraction or fear or what if. Or maybe there's a sense of relief or anything else. Just to notice what it would feel like as we give these up. And remember, of course, this is not your personal problem. These things are made to be addictive. They're made to make us want them. So it's a powerful act as a community to say no for a few days. 
And just imagine if you were not in the grip of your technology. How would you feel? Let's open our eyes and as you feel drawn, just anyone can start coming up and offering their devices to the basket here. No particular order, just whenever you Yeah, we are not gonna like throw them away or something. <laughs> We're gonna keep them in a safe. You might really just set the intention as you're putting the device in, just really to get more connected to myself. To find more peace.
So may the power of this act of letting go, of renunciation, be in the service of connecting us to our deepest, deepest freedom and joy, connection to ourselves and compassion. Thank you everyone. And we'll hold each other's intentions too. So we're just gonna move into a meditation. Later on we'll offer some tips on posture, but for now, just be as comfortable as you can. Your back upright, not too rigid or tight. Hands resting wherever they're comfortable. Most people tend to do this meditation with their eyes closed, but if for some reason that doesn't feel okay to you, then feel free to keep your eyes open, but try looking downward with a soft gaze. can begin with a few deep breaths. So allowing ourselves to settle a bit, to come more into our bodies, into this present moment. letting your breathing return to its own natural rhythm. Anytime if you notice you're tense or tight, you can always take deeper breaths. But through this practice, we tend to just let our breath be natural, its own natural rhythm, in and out through our nose. Let's just start by feeling our bodies present here on the chair, on the cushion. Noticing heaviness and lightness and warmth and coolness, tightness. Areas of tension, discomfort, areas of comfort. You can notice your feet making connection with the floor or the mat, your legs on the chair, on the cushion, just feeling the connection. Notice if your stomach is tense or tight and see if you can soften a little bit. Let your hands be soft.
Notice your back, either in space or up against a chair. Relaxing shoulders, your jaw and face. Facial muscles soft. So let's turn our attention to the sounds around us. Just listening to sounds coming and going. Sounds in the room. Sound of my voice. And listening to the sound as if you're listening to your favorite music with curiosity, openness. We're practicing paying attention to our present moment experiences with openness and curiosity and a willingness to be with what is. So when we hear the sounds, we might think, I like that sound, I don't like that sound. What is that sound? See if you can merely listen, just listening to the sound without getting lost in a story. And let's let go of that and bring our attention back into our bodies. See if you can feel your breath moving in your body. Notice your abdomen rising and falling, expanding and contracting with each breath. Remember just the natural breath. You might notice your chest rising and falling, expanding and contracting with each breath. And now bring your attention to your nose. Can you feel the air 
moving in and out of your nostrils. There's tingling, warmth, coolness, movement. It's a little more subtle. So as we get started this morning trying to build mindfulness skills, it's helpful to have a main focus or a home base, sometimes called an anchor to our meditation. And you can use your breathing in your abdomen or your chest or your nose or you can use listening to sounds. So choose whichever was the easiest or clearest or most compelling. If you can't decide, just pick one, it doesn't matter so much. And so we'll begin the process of attending to the present moment, breath after breath, or sound after sound. One breath ends, the next breath begins. As we stay with our home base or our anchor, this cultivates calm, maybe not immediately, but over time, calm and clarity and stability of mind. So we just wanted to start the meditation practice, our first day. Really wanna focus on staying with our breathing or the sounds listening. As you do this, what usually happens for people is that their attention wanders. So you're with a breath or two and then the next thing you know you're lost in thought. When that happens, that's completely normal. You did not do anything wrong, that's what happens. So when you notice your attention has wandered, you can say a soft word in your mind, like thinking or wandering. And then you can gently redirect your attention right back to your breathing or to the listening. And you just keep coming back again and again. If you're new, you might not be sure where to pay attention to your breathing or if you want to use sound. So feel free in this morning to experiment. Try them out and see what you connect with. But ultimately you want to land on something that becomes your home base for your meditation practice.
So breath after breath, or sound after sound, attention wanders, you notice it, thinking, come back to your breathing, come back to the listening. And just keep doing that again and again. I'm going to stop talking and we'll practice it in silence for a bit.
even if your mind has been spacing out for the entire time, you still can come right back into the present moment. So it's always this kind of matter of recommitting in a small and simple way to your present moment experience, back to the breath or back to the listening. So just do a couple more minutes. It's this reminder to bring your attention right there, noticing, feeling the breath, expanding, contracting, in, out, staying with it. And then there might be a little pause and then the next breath starts or the sounds coming and going. So just this last two minutes really recommit to being present to the best of your abilities, never as a means to get mad at yourself or beat yourself up if it's hard. It's hard for everybody, honestly, for the most part. nice to practice with all of you. We're just getting started. And as I was kind of indicating, if your mind is all over the place, then you're exactly in the right place. It's the first day of a meditation retreat. It's just usually chaos for most people in there. Um, And it shifts as we practice, as we develop this ability to stay present, our mind begins to calm and gain a little bit of clarity. And it's just surprising actually, like wow, this wild mind that's so filled with thoughts, which is actually really appropriate. This is what our minds do. This is how we've been trained and maybe biologically, physiologically, this is what 
our system is like, right? It's just the human being is wired for threats. You know, we're always looking around trying to, trying to have a mind that's paying attention to everything. And so when we try to pay attention to something really simple, like our breath, which is a little boring, or the sounds, okay? Of course it doesn't want to do it. So this is our task to kind of override that, that kind of functioning and just come back to the present moment and which ultimately starts to feel better and better, actually. So any questions about this first, the, the meditation? Everybody doing okay so far? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about the instructions you gave today. Uh-huh. I keep the, we have like a kid, shoulder that hurts. Uh-huh. Like that. Right. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, lots of things, and I didn't really f- focus on it, but we'll be talking quite about quite a lot about. So the question was, if you have an itch, do you scratch it, a shoulder that hurts? Do you, do you move? What do you do? Um, it, the, so there's a couple of different approaches. So let's say we have an itch. We can, if we're feeling very mindful and alert and present, and we might just want to notice the itch feeling in our body as part of the meditation. So you're with your breathing or you're listening and then the itch comes and then you just bring your attention to the itch and you feel it or the achy shoulder, you notice it. And we'll be giving you lots and lots of tools for working with pain, like how to do it specifically. I'm just giving you a tiny bit today. Um, So you can just notice it and then it might disappear, it might intensify, you can be aware of that or then just come right back to your main focus. So it just becomes something we can attend to. Other times you have an itch and you're just feeling antsy and like the last thing you could possibly do is be mindful of the itch. In which case, I would suggest mindful scratching. (laughs) Just just gently move your hand and feel it and feel the relief and you're fine. So it's, we're, we're practicing, we'll, again, we'll be getting lots of tools for working with discomfort, but you can bring your attention to it. And if there's a lot of discomfort, find some part of your body that's not uncomfortable and let your attention go back and forth between the two because you don't want to just sit there in the discomfort the whole time. It can get overwhelming. Okay. Yes, over here. Hi. Um, is it natural to fall asleep as you as you go focus too much on a, on, on breath? Anybody else fall asleep or get close? <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> okay. What do you think is the answer now? <laughs> it is. It's totally normal, and especially. Wait. Let me guess. Hold on. I'm psychic. You don't get enough sleep, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, we come here exhausted for the most part. Most people, I mean, statistically, people don't get enough sleep. And so we come to retreat and it's just like, oh my gosh, my body just kind of releases and relaxes. So it's very typical, especially the first day or two of our retreat to get sleepy, fall asleep, 
take a nap. It, it's just part of the process of kind of entering into the meditation retreat. And what starts to happen is you catch up a little bit on your sleep, you get a little bit more buoyancy in your mind, and it, it's, you get less sleepy over time, but it takes a while. So if you're feeling sleepy, you can uh, stand up. We're going to teach you some standing and walking meditations in a bit, so those will counteract the sleepiness. You can open your eyes, you can wiggle your fingers and toes. I like standing meditation. I'm hoping we'll teach that soon, because that's a really good way of working with the sleepiness. And you can also notice what is sleepiness like in my body and mind. Oh, there's... You know, I feel foggy, I feel heavy, I feel woozy. This is actually bringing your mindfulness to the sleepiness itself. So it kind of becomes an object, something we can investigate, which is cool. So yes, sleepiness, normal, normal. Uh Uh, This kind of um, was brought up last night, but also kind of reinforced today um, as I'm practicing more mindfulness that I notice this fear of being mindful when I'm trying to sleep as kind of like today right now I'm getting sleepy and I'm noticing my sleepiness and so at nighttime I kind of have trouble sleeping because I'm like I just feel half like conscious I don't feel like I'm getting restful sleep and that's what happened last night too like I couldn't really I just feel very a lot more aware of a lot of things, so I don't know if that's like just me or. <laughs> and so, when you were falling or trying to fall asleep, you would find yourself like thinking about too many things, or being mindful, or what was happening exactly? Like my mind just wasn't like I was. I don't know if it was just like I was just aware, aware, and I just was like noticing my drifting thoughts mm-hmm. and then I was still aware so I was still conscious and I was like can I just sleep but I'm still conscious but I'm half sleeping mm. and that really well I actually don't think it's a bad thing I mean I think what was happening is the mindfulness that you're starting to cultivate was was coming into your experience in that drifty pre-state uh, pre-sleep state and so it's actually pretty cool that you had awareness there. Then the worry is that, oh no, I'm not going to get enough sleep, right? But that actually is just a worry. My guess is that your body will take care of itself and give you enough sleep, um, but that you can just let in that falling asleep moment, let yourself be aware, notice what's happening. And if you, see, if you notice a worry coming like, uh-oh, I'm not going to get enough sleep, you can just say worrying. That's a good thing to do. Like label your worries, worrying. And then just just have a really open mind and get curious about it and see what happens, okay? Because, and let's check in because if you find that you're really not sleeping, we'll, we'll talk more about it, okay? All right, yeah. Over there. Hmm. <clears throat> um, I have two things. One... Um, I have some allergies, so I'm like half a nose breather, half a mouth breather. And uh, so sometimes my meditation, like I'd love to breathe through my nose if I can, but sometimes I can't. I'm all mm-hmm. stuffed. Mm-hmm. So you sort of talked about having this anchor, like it should be the same all the time. Is it okay to kind of sometimes be nose, sometimes be mouth? And then my second part of the question is when I'm breathing through my mouth and I'm worried that I'm being too loud. 
because <laughs> of the silence. So then I feel like I'm trying to be silent with my breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So does you have any uh, advice uh-huh. on that? Okay. So, um, so, so in the anchor, which just let me just give a big picture thing for a second. The anchor, just like a ship has an anchor. Um, and throws out an anchor to prevent it from being tossed and turned by the waves. When we're meditating, it's helpful to have an anchor. So it's something that we always return to, to keep our mind from being tossed and turned. Typically, we can use our breathing as an anchor. I also offered you sound as an anchor, which is something you might want to try if you're having sort of allergies, because then it takes your mind off of this thing that's a little bit like uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I, it, may, it may be fine. I'm not sure what your experience is. But, but so there's options of what can be your anchor. And we'll even perhaps give you more. Um, so, so and, and I did say that in the end, it's really helpful to, come, to have just one thing to settle on. But when you're dealing with a, you know, a health condition and you're experimenting with, oh, it's actually working fine to stay with my nose, but now today I need to shift a little bit in order to be comfortable, it's, it's totally fine. And um, I don't, I mean, the reason we often don't tell people to do, to do mouth breathing is that it, people's mouths get dry, it can be uncomfortable, nose breathing tends to be the easiest for most people, but if, if that's working for you, just kind of experiment for, to what's gonna work. Um, I, don't, I don't know how, no, I don't hear you from over here. <laughs> um, I would just, I would just, we'll assume with anything that's happening, someone next to you might be coughing, someone next to you might be shifting, someone next to you may be breathing louder than others. Guess what? You get to practice with that. So your neighbor gets to be like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm irritated. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Irritation. What does that feel like in my body? It's all, it's like we're in community here and we're practicing, we're doing the best we can and um, I'm, Anyway. Breathing's important. You need to breathe. <laughs> so don't worry about it, is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Oh, one last one. Last one over here. Did you see the woman at the... Yeah. Making my way to the... <laughs> Uh, I was <coughs> sorry. I was wondering how many of you can feel the leg numbness while you are sitting. Leg numbness. Sorry. You A numbness. Feel, yeah, uh-huh. your leg feel very numb. Nobody, just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people do. Okay. What are you experiencing? I feel my leg are really numb when I'm sitting for maybe twenty or thirty minutes. So I was wondering, how do you how do you deal with your leg numbness? Uh-huh. Yeah, that is my question. Yes, sorry, I'm a foreigner, I have accent. <laughs> um, oh, did other people have leg numbness? Okay, see, it's pretty normal. When we're sitting in a position that we're not used to sitting in for long periods of time, sometimes our legs fall asleep or get numb. So there's a couple of things you can do. You can just, I mean, the simplest thing is to just mindfully shift your posture. If you're doing it in a chair and you notice the numbness, you might try standing up 
in meditating, that's a good thing to do. You might try shifting to the floor. So we do, anytime we make a postural shift, we do it with quietly and with awareness. And it's not a bad thing to, to move your body a little bit as long as it's, it's mindfully moving it. Um, what often happens over time when we first get started, especially if you're kind of getting used to this posture, is you... Um, is you get you get used to it and then your the blood flow sort of opens up a little bit or you learn to make slight adjustments to allow the numbness to dissipate so it's it's normal don't worry about it but you can just shift in gentle ways okay thank you great so this is a perfect lead-in to um posture so oh actually we're we're gonna no, no let's not do that yet oh sorry we're doing that later um no we're gonna do but we wanted her to talk to make her announcements. Oh, I have one announcement, and then Ashley has an announcement. My announcement is, um, it's been mentioned already, but I just want to reiterate it, that um, there are people in this room who have allergies to scents or are chemically sensitive in some way. So we really, as a community, do a practice of um, scent-free products. So if anybody um, has has come and they don't and they are scented in some way go to the office and they'll give you some help for that because we really want to keep this a scent free space and retreat center so thank you (laughs) okay so we all have two periods of movement uh, a day if you're on this side of the room you'll go to movement at 11.15 if you're on this side of the room, you'll come to movement at three o'clock. So you all get afternoon, you all get morning. We ask that you come to only one. The sessions will be upstairs in the walking hall. So the lobby out here, you go out, there'll be stairs. You walk up the stairs and the yoga or the movement will be up there. If you have a yoga mat, bring it. If not, there's plenty of yoga mats. You don't need to wear special clothes. Just whatever you're wearing is fine. Uh, The emphasis will be on presence in the body rather than getting your leg behind your head. (laughs) We'll do that next time you come. (laughs) Um, And then if you have accessibility issues and um, would like to do some movement practice, please leave me a note. You can just post it on the board. Did I forget anything? No? Okay. I'll see you soon. Good, thank you. Um, We're going to be shifting from this seated position that we're in into a movement or a walking position. And some of you may have difficulty there. So I'm really being mindful about the words that I'm using. Um, Some people may have difficulty walking, but you can still do some type of movement, whether you're sitting or what have you. But, you know, the Buddha had suggested that there are different postures for uh, meditation, and one of them is walking meditation. And I find, for me, having sat for maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes, even a half hour, when I go out and do walking meditation, it just somehow lands whatever I might be, might have arisen for me during my meditation, my um, practice, it lands differently for me. I may be walking in a way that it 
something in my mind and my heart starts to really filter down into my body. So I'm going to give you an example of some techniques for walking, and we're all going to be going out for about, I don't know how long now, 40 minutes? Whatever that is, yeah, 40 minutes, I believe, to do walking meditation. And first, let me tell you that um, because yoga isn't happening now, you can go upstairs to where the movement is going to be, and you can use that as a walking hall to walk. You have all of this area here. You can walk, you know, up the path, down the path. So there's a lot of opportunity. And last night I just spoke briefly about the preciousness of this land. I really encourage you to feel it from the feet up, you know, and also from your eyes. So have that experience as well. So there are quite a, there's a couple of ways in which you can begin to practice walking or movement meditation. One is to just, and I'm going to move here so maybe everyone can see me. Okay. Um, begin just really f- finding yourself in a real kind of still position. Just begin that way. And then as you begin to walk, bringing your attention to what you're doing. So I'm lifting my foot. And now I'm moving my foot. And I'm placing this foot. And what happens is the beautiful body mechanic, as soon as you place your foot here, this other one lifts. The heel lifts. Lifting, moving, placing. There it goes again. Lifting, (laughs) moving, placing. And, you know, I think sometimes maybe some people have been on retreat or have seen people and it looks like it's kind of the zombie walk, you know. I really encourage you to find your pace. Find what works best for you. And when you start, that might be exactly where you need to be. In that real slow, so you can bring your concentration and your mindfulness to the movement. And begin to watch again, just like you're in your practice, in your stationary um, practice here, watching what's happening in the mind. And if you're saying to yourself, lifting, moving, placing, my guess is that the mind isn't going to start to wander. And there's other techniques as well. You can walk very slow like that. You can actually have a little bit more of a a clip to it. But making sure that at every step, you're feeling the alignment of your body. You're feeling where your mind may be wandering. You may want to go back to something slow if it starts to really um, swirl. I, many of you may know a uh, renowned Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh. He's a Vietnamese monk. And one of the things that he has done, he now has a stroke, so he's not able to be as, as um, he's in a wheelchair now, but throughout all of his life, walking meditation was what really, for him, he was able to come home to. And when I had, I've had the opportunity to walk with him, actually, and see that he, it's not slow. His gait is not necessarily slow. But he has such an intention with that. And so this is another form of meditation. 
another form of mindfulness. For um, just as another example, I've actually maybe I've changed the word. Sometimes in my mind, I say, "I am home." In the here and the now. Or maybe I'll change it to something else. What works for you is really what's important. And how you stay really grounded in your body and in your mind. So bringing that mindful attention, that awareness, back to each step that you take. And um, later on, hopefully towards the end of the retreat, maybe we can find out how it's worked for you. Because for me, it's been something that has just taken my stationary practice and my walking practice into just a a really great deep level. So I encourage you to um, enjoy yourself out here if you can. Okay, thank you. Can I just add a few things? Um, So the... Uh, Noli mentioned a couple of places to walk. She mentioned the upstairs. There's also a downstairs walking room right here. When you go in, half of it, I think, is a yoga space, and the other half is a walking space. You can walk in your hallways. You can walk anywhere. There's lots of trails out in different directions, so you can do that. You can walk down the thing. But the the thing I was going to say that's important is don't just walk randomly. Pick a spot that's your spot that's like about 10 or 15 feet and walk, and then when you get to the end, turn around and then come back. And You can take a mindful hike later on today. So it's just a little bit different because we're cultivating all the things Noli was talking about, this presence in our body. And if we're sitting there thinking, oh, should I go left? Should I go right? I want to go up the hill. It just adds more disturbance to your mind. So just pick a spot and keep going back and forth between the two. And the only other piece I would just add is staying really connected to the sensations of your feet. So everybody just wiggle your, close your eyes and wiggle your toes and feet and almost like as if you were walking can you feel all of those sensations the tightness and the movement and the pressure and the yeah it's pretty obvious here okay let's open our eyes that's what we're attending to it's doing everything she said as we're attending to our feet the sensations of our feet so thank you, and think, um, I think we're all set. I think we're all set. We're all set. Oh, someone will ring a bell mm-hmm. in, um, in about 35 minutes or so, and then you just come back into the room. Okay, thanks. <laughs>